0: I greet you all in Jesus' name. I really count it a great honor and a great privilege to be with you here today. Um, Pastor Chinedu uh, uh, calls me his pastor. I call him my pastor as well. Um, He's a pastor of pastors. Um, We have great respect and great love for him and Pastor Dorothy and the entire fountain of the Living World Church. So, when the invitation came, you know, it was a great delight and a great honor to accept it and spend time with the Lord regarding what He has for you. You know, when you are given the privilege to bring God's message, God's word, And you take time to listen to him. And he tells you what he wants you to say. It makes the job easier. So I can tell you by the grace of God. God has given me just one word. Both for the church. And for somebody in the audience today. I was informed today is Mission Sunday while preparing to come. And I'm really thrilled to find that indeed what the Lord gave me to share with you is a word for the church on Mission Sunday and a word for somebody here today. Whatever name you want to call it, you can call it a covenant word. You can call it a message You can call it a prophetic word, whatever name you want to call it. I know that I know that I know by the grace of God that God has given me just one word. One word for the church, for his church, and for somebody here today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing in this church and through this church. Those videos, those videos, Lord, reflect some of the things you are doing, but they are in themselves amazing. We thank you for making this congregation a missional church, a church supporting, promoting, publishing, spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in many nations in the world. Father, we give you all the glory. And thank you for individual members and friends in this congregation who have been supporting this vision of this church regarding the gospel spreading to all nations in the world. Lord, on this day as we celebrate what you have been doing, We also open our hearts unto you to receive from you what you want us to do next. We pray you speak your word and give me the grace for the clarity of delivery of your word. And I pray you prepare the hearts of your church to receive your word and be blessed permanently. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, at the end, take all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. The word God has given me to you, I will say it up front. Usually at times when you speak or when you preach or when you teach, you, you want to say it either midway or at the end, but God said I should say it up front. And the message is this, you are made for so much more. You are made for so much more. If that's all you're getting from this message, run with it. Because that's what God has given me to tell somebody in the congregation today. And even somebody listening or viewing online today. God has sent me to tell you. We celebrate all that God has done so far in your life. We praise God for all that God has been doing. We magnify him for the amazing things. And the level levels God has taken you in life. But God is sending me to tell you. He has made you. 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 You, you are made for so much more. God. And because he said it. Guess what? It's not your job to make it happen. He will make it happen. Say amen to that somebody. Yeah. You are made for so much more. And as a congregation, you're made for so much more. Thank God for the mission fields you have, you're supporting. You are reaching. But what sent me to this church? I didn't even know pastor was going to announce Dub- Dublin. Dublin. But he said, you are made for so much more. That is what that is what Pastor has said by the doubling. I did not know he was going to announce doubling. And the scripture is from Zechariah. Some of you have read that scripture before a couple of times. Zechariah. Chapter 8. Just one verse. Verse 12. He said, the seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. And the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of Of this people, God has sent me to tell you, from now going forward, your seed will grow well. He said, Not me, not the pastor. the, The I am that I am. The one who is the same yesterday, and today, and forevermore, said your seed will grow well. He said, your seed will grow well. And the vine, your vine, will yield its fruits. Say amen to that. Your vine will yield its fruits. I don't know what that means in your life. I don't know what that means in your business. I don't know what it means in your family. I don't know what it means in your marriage. He says, your vine will yield its fruit. Amen. That means fruitlessness will be gone. Amen. Whether it's spiritual, whether it's matrimonial, whether it's material. It says, your vine, your vine will yield it's fruits. Yeah. But it doesn't stop there. The ground will produce the crops. You know, God will make the ground support you. God will make your, your contests support you. God will make your network support you. He says the ground. Right, rather than the ground working against you. They will support you Amen. rather than forces working against you. They will begin to support you. Amen. Why? Because it says so. He says the ground will produce its crops. But this the next one excites me so much. It says the heavens withdraw their dew. The heavens will also support you. Dew is a sign of life. Sign of of freshness. Dryness will be over in your life. Dryness will be over in your business. Dryness will be gone from your ministry. Why? Because the heavens. Because if The heavens don't drop the dews. There will be dryness. From dryness to death. But that will not be your portion. Because the heavens will drop their dews. God will not fail in dropping dews on you. In the name of Jesus. That's why he can declare you are made for so much more he doesn't stop there. He says, I will give all. Can you imagine? It's not, the ground does not have a choice on this matter. Divine does not have the control on this matter. seed is not going to determine your destiny. He says, I, is he himself speaking. I will give all these things. So it's God who is going to mobilize all these things for you. For you, Amen. for you, Amen. for you, Amen. for his church. Amen. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. I want to move on to giving you some, what I call the approach to experiencing this God's covenant or God's message or God's word that you are made for so much more. But I want to begin with what the scripture says, like a warning. That is Psalm 77. We're going to read a couple of verses there. In order to experience what God is saying about you being made for so much more, God said, and he put it clearly, and that's why I wrote it down. It's not through grumbling. It's not through complain. We're going to see some people grumbled or complained and how they had to change for them to experience it much more that God has destined for them. In Psalm 77, I want you to open your Bibles to it. The book of Psalms, chapter 77. I'm going to read from verse. We may not read all the verses, but I'm going to read some of the verses. This David writing And speaking, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out on tiring hands. And I will not be comforted. I remember you, God. And I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was so troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my song in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Would the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? As his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all times? Has God forgotten to be merciful? as he in hunger withheld his compassion? You know, many of us, even including myself, can relate ourselves to the prayer, to that conversation of David with the Lord. That, that discourse that David had that is recorded for us in the Bible. Many of us have prayed like that or groaned like that. Many of us have met pastors and preachers with such conversation, prayer requests. But then it's interesting. David Wrote, he continues, I will He said. Then I thought to this I will apply, I will appeal. The years when the most high stretched out his right hand. He said, To this I will appeal. It changed direction, it changed approach, it changed the focus of his prayer. Entirely. And what did he change it to? He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. So if you want to experience there's so much more that God has planned for you, You may need a paradigm shift in your prayer life. In your prayer focus. In your prayer approach. David was clear. He said, to this I will appeal. After he had grumbled, complained, he discovered that 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 approach, that appeal was not working. To this I will appeal. And he now Decided to recap what he was appealing into. He was appealing into what? Acknowledging what God has done. Remembering what God has done. So, for you to experience this so much more, you need a paradigm shift in your prayer life, in your approach in prayer. From grumbling and complaining. To celebrating, acknowledging, appreciating what God has done. Number two, in that same approach, by David, this time, Psalm 103, open your scriptures to that, Psalm 103, and we're to read from verse 1 to verse 5. Psalm 103, from verse 1 to verse 5. It said, praise the Lord, my soul. All oh, my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen as, as, as he speaks on, as He talking, conversing. Who forgives all your sins? Forgives, that's now, present. So David did not only acknowledge what God has done, David is appreciating what God is doing now, what God is doing now. So in order to experience so much more, God has destined for you. God has designed for you. God has promised you, you should not only acknowledge what he has done in the past, recognize what he is doing now. I appreciate him for what he's doing now. That's what David started doing here in chapter 77 of the book of Psalms. He was acknowledging what God has done. But here in Psalm 103, is acknowledging what God is doing now. Who forgives? Who forgives? Who heals? Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? And, re- and who, re- who redeems your life from the pit? And crowns, those a whole present. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desire with good things. So that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. Some of us, I mean, some of us have been before royalty. And you have been at events with royalty. When you start acknowledging when you start celebrating, when you start praising, when you start eulogizing royalty, at times, they will rise up and start giving instructions on your behalf. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, does much more. When you acknowledge when you appreciate what he has done in your life. So for you to experience it so much more, recognize what God is doing now, not only what he has done. And I'm going to share with you some examples of people who who, who model this. Um, And the first example is God himself. We're talking about today being Mission Sunday. You know what God did when God wanted wanted to give a bigger mandate to his people in Joshua chapter 12 the first thing he did was to let's let's go to it Joshua chapter 12 the book of Joshua chapter 12 god himself modeled this example said these are the kings of the land whom the israelites had defeated And whose territory they took over, east of the Jordan, to God himself. Before he gave a new mandate of where to reach, he identified, he spent the whole chapter. Can you imagine? David spent only five or six verses in chapter 77 of the book of Psalms. And five verses in chapter 103 in the book of Psalms as well. God spent the whole of chapter 12 of the book of Joshua. That's about 24 verses. The book of Joshua, chapter 12. God spent the whole of... because What I did I looked at the number of verses in chapter 12. And then I compared with the number of verses in the new mandate he was given them. 24 verses in chapter 12. God himself modeled this. He acknowledged The territories they have conquered. Then if you go with me to chapter 13. The Bible says when Joshua had grown old from verse 1. The Lord said to him. You are now very old. And there are still very large areas of land. To be taken over. That's God. Using the same approach. That will work for you. That will work for you. He told Joshua in chapter 12, You have conquered. And he sent me, I remember this was probably early in August when he gave me this word to give to you as a congregation. There's no doubt about it. Beyond those videos you saw, God has been using the fountain of the living one on several mission fields in many nations. In many nations. So God said I should acknowledge that here. You've been doing so much. You've been doing a lot on the mission field. Many missionaries have been supported. You've been doing a lot on the mission field. Not many congregations can have a mission Sunday and have even enough of the information you provided today. But what you have provided today does not even cover all the or many of the things you are doing. But God said I should still tell you. Just the same thing he told the book, told, told Joshua. In chapter 13. There is still much land. There is still much. He said there are still very large areas of land. To be taken over. Let's say amen to that. Amen. There are still very much large areas of land to be taken over. That's the reason why I'm here. If there was nothing else to do, no other land to take over for Jesus, probably there will be no remission Sunday. But there's still a lot to take over. So go after this message, after this Sunday service, recognize there's there's still a lot of land. So God used the method. Now, let's learn from another group of people that use the method. The people of Joseph, that's the way the Bible describes them. In in, in Joshua 17, the book of Joshua, chapter 17. And we're going to read from verse 14. This people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one allotment? And one portion for an inheritance. So they started like David. Complaining as well. Why? But they moved to the next. If you look at the next statement they made. We are a numerous people. And the Lord has blessed us abundantly. That is who you are. I said that's who you are yes. That's why God has made you for so much more. That's why God is still going to lead you higher. Yes. That's why God is going to give you much more. Yes. Why? The way those people started seeing themselves says, "Since the Lord has blessed us abundantly, you deserve much more. So, so when they told Joshua this, and by the way, theologians tell us, that name Joshua is the same root word for the name Jehovah. Let's go. He now replied to them, if you are so numerous, Joshua answered, and if the country, if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear the land for yourselves there in the land of the parasites and the Rephites. So he gave them a mandate. And God is telling somebody in the house today, he's releasing you to take over some places. God is mandating you. God is sending you to take over some places. That, there's somebody in the house. You're an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. I did not plan to say this. He just dropped this in my spirit. You're an entrepreneur. And God is reminding you today. He has deposited in you resources for expanding that entrepreneurship. And here, the next few statements Joshua made to them. Because they responded. The people of Joseph replied, the hill country is not enough. Let's say amen to that. When you catch this message, God is telling you: "You say the ill country is not enough, that mission field is not enough, that that customer, that clientele, that market is not enough. It's not enough." That was their response. He went for, they went for them, and all he said they know enough for us. And all the Canaanites who live in the plain. Have chariots fitted with iron, but those in Betchan and his settlements, and those, both those in Betchan and, and the settlements, and the valley of Jezreel. Hear this, look at Joshua's response. You just said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are numerous, you are numerous, and, par- and very powerful. You will not only have one allotment, but the forested hill country. As well. Say amen to that. Joshua was telling them, You're having not just what you are asking, you're having more. And that's the promise God is giving to somebody in the house today because you are made for so much more. Another example I would like to give to you is a story that follows in chapter, 13, in chapter 18, the next chapter. In Shiloh, learning from the I call it the learning from the gathering at Shiloh, the whole assembly I read from verse one: the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The country was brought under their control. Hear this, hear this, verse two. But there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. There are, and God said there are, there's somebody in the congregation this morning. You think you are waiting on the Lord? God said, I should tell you, he is the one waiting on you. He has made a provision. He has made a provision. From what you, we read here, it starts with the word, but. But, that's true. There were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. it has been provided. He's been allotted. He's been designated. He's been assigned. And you have been fasting. You've been praying. You think you're waiting on the Lord? When is the one waiting on you? When is the one waiting on you? This morning, when I I woke up around, I think around 5.20 or thereabouts, and the Lord took me to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm not going to read that. You can read that on your own later. In chapter 1, and the, and the Lord said, There's somebody in this house that that scripture may apply to. There's somebody in this house that that scripture may apply to. You know, you've been waiting, and there's only one thing one word that covers one thing God wants you to do move. He told the children of Israel. And when he says, I'm talking about in your business, God is telling you to make a move. God is telling you to to make a move. That's the move he wants you to make. There's somebody in the house as well. You are afraid of making a decision regarding marriage? And God has spoken to you. In fact, it says, you have stayed too long. Go ahead and read it in Deuteronomy chapter one. He You have stayed too long in this mountain. Whether of bachelorhood or spinsterhood, it says, Move. I don't know you. He knows you. It's not in my notes. I don't know you. Those two categories. And entrepreneurship. God wants you to move. I don't know who you are. I don't know your business. I don't know your entrepreneurship. I teach entrepreneurship in the university. But God has somebody here who falls into that verse 2 of Joshua chapter 18 among the seven tribes who have not taken their inheritance because they are staying too long on the mountain. On the mountain, you have been fasting and praying. Thinking you are waiting on the Lord. When is the one waiting on you? I pray the Lord will help whoever that applies to. Not only to hear it, not only to understand it, but to experience it in Jesus' name. Before we close, before we close, I want to, I need to, I want to share some things with the church. Um, application, I call it application of some of the things I've shared in scripture, and I want to share it regarding missions this time. It will be applicable to you in your own private life and contest. Um, Application. And I call this series of missionary arts of kindness. When I was invited to speak last year, I think I mentioned some of these things briefly. These are my suggestions to the Fountain of the Living World Church. After mentioning them, I'll try to run through them, and then I'll pray with you, then we, um, we'll wrap it up. Number one, these are some of the areas, some of the opportunities. Um, in addition to the mission fields you are supporting in the Philippines, in Mexico, by the way, those are fertile grounds. I've been, by the grace of God, to those nations many times. Um, um, Ukraine, um, Nigeria, and I think Congo. Pastor mentioned Congo. Maybe Pastor told me yesterday or two days ago. I said, that's a fertile ground as well. There's revival going on in Congo. Um, I think it's a, it's a good move by the grace of God that for the church. So, in to, but I want to give you some suggestions locally, at home. You know when Acts <laughs> chapter one verse eight. Those are, many of you probably know it off uh, offhand. You know. See, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you be my witnesses, where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He mentioned Jerusalem. Then, after Jerusalem? Judea. After Judea? And after Samaria? The bottom part of the world. So it's very important for you to also reach your Jerusalem. Reach the city of Orange. Reach New Jersey. Reach the U.S. So some of the things I'm going to share with you are for your local contest. But then they help preparing you for reaching the nations. Say amen to that somebody. Yes. Number one, reaching the homeless. This is September. I know you have homeless all year round. But wintertime, no, we don't have much winter in Los Angeles, but se- between September and November, we, we prepare for the homeless. We mobilize various clothing and support for the homeless. We reach out to the homeless. The advantage of this strategy is that you're not logged into only one thing, You spread your acts of kindness over a period of 12 months or 24 months. And some people in the church will be gifted to be involved in one aspect. Some other people in the church will be gifted to be involved in another aspect. But at least you are reaching your Jerusalem. Say amen to that somebody. So the homeless, you can mobilize support. You know what the homeless need mobile, and you know the ministries that reach the homeless. You can partner with them. Number two, I don't know, it's possible you, you don't have it here, but I'll be surprised if you don't. You may call it another name, you will have them. We have what is called the Boys and Guests Club in Los Angeles. So we go, we, we go to the Boys and Guests Clubs as well. We devote a whole month and it's not every day of the month. We go there only one weekend, but that month is designated For out of kindness to the boys and girls club. We connect with the authorities responsible for the boys and girls club. We have a, a number of them around us, so we just choose one. Our local church will go to one. So that's a way of reaching part of your Jerusalem. Number three, this is baseball and football season. Is that right? At least football. When is the baseball season starting here? When, alright, so they're already. Thank you. That shows you I'm not very, very in touch with uh, with baseball. So what we do is this. I'm talking about the high school and middle school baseball. What we do, what we, what we normally do is that we would purchase baseballs. We we'll purchase about a thousand. And then we choose the high school games we will attend. We mobilize people from the church. We could get up to 50, up to 100 people from the church. And we said, you know what? We're going to split ourselves into two. If we are 50, 25 will support one team, 25 will support the other team. So we get all the two teams covered. Then we go with drinks that they need during, during the halftime time. go with the drinks. Not only that, we will have inscribed on all the 1,000 balls 1, a scripture. It could be John 3, 16 or anything else. So we'll, we'll sit on the stand behind. I mean, we're represented on both sides. We're supporting both teams. So any team that wins, we win as well. So, uh, and, and Jesus wins as well. And so we'll give them the bo- and during halftime, we, we, we share the drinks and the balls. Guess what? On Sunday morning, many members of both teams show up in our church. They've never been to church before, or at least never been to our church before. They show up in our church. The coaches are so impressed. They're, they're so excited. Why did you do this? Why? What made you do this? They'll be asking us. What made you do this? The love of Jesus where well, some of them who have remained coaches and remain members in our congregation. Some of them who are also athletes who remain members of the church. Number number four, example here, coffee house, it's, it will soon be Christmas season. You have a great worship team. I just couldn't, I decided not to be talking during, before service, And even during the service, I was just transported to the presence of the Lord. Have a great worship team. You know, identify one or two coffee houses here. I don't know what name you call them. And then, just let your orchestra go to the manager. Negotiate with the manager. You know, we want to offer you complimentary, soothing Friday evening music. And we're going to pay for all your customers that evening. But make sure there's no alcohol. Some coffee houses may not agree. Go to the one that will agree with you. I promise you there will be those that will agree with you. We'll pay fully for all the customers. And then our team will be we're playing very soft music in the background. And some of them become interested in Jesus. So then, become interested in coming to the church. They remember the church. That's your, that's our Jerusalem. So find some way around. Number, number five, Starbucks. You probably have read that online or, or or in other You've heard it on TV. So on Sundays, we just go with from the missions team. This, this is a carol. We go with the missions team on Sunday. We just divide ourselves. We choose a, a, we'll choose. we have negotiated with the manager of the Starbucks that we want after church service for the two hours between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m., everybody that comes, we want to underwrite the cost of, the, you know, of all they come to, to pick up in Starbucks. And then we also want to share the gospel with them. I promise you there are Starbucks managers that will accept you. We've done that many times. It has worked. Number six. The chamber of commerce. This that's what Jerusalem. We have businessmen in this church. We have executives in this church. Was you know, this is the city of Orange? Is it the West or East? East Orange. Go and meet the, the city chamber. Of commerce in fact you can sign up for membership and when we did we offered to our worship team to provide music at their annual conference we also provided the drinks non-alcoholic drinks at the annual conference and we have some of them in church today we have the mayor of the city in our church because we are reaching our Jerusalem. And when the mayor was to now be inaugurated into office, guess who the mayor invited? My lead pastor. To do the swearing in. Reach, you can reach your Jerusalem. Number seven. Abuse women and children. So your mayor will be interested if you are doing this. We've done this a couple of times, and you, can, you don't need to do all this at the same time. Spread them over two years or three years, so it's not in any way stressful for anybody. So, abused women and children. I went to the city of Pasadena, and I said, okay, who, where's the department responsible for abused women and children? There are so many women who have been abused, many children who have been abused. And we got connected to them. So we host almost every year during the spring lunch for abused women and children. And the, the turnout is huge because the, the city administration linked them with us. Numbers, number eight, juvenile prison. I hope you know there are kids who are in prison. I don't know. Do you know that? Oh, you don't have them in New Jersey? Okay. Do you know that most of the kids in prison, when they go out, they get back to the prison as adults? That discovery made my heart to bleed. So we identified, there are a number of juvenile prisons around us. We identified them and we talked to the leadership and we said, you know what? We want to come one day Oh, we do it only once a year. One, one day. And we go there with dinner for them. We order the, the best dinner available for them. We could be from Panda Express or whatever you. And those children will have fun. They will enjoy it. But then after doing that, we, we were impressed that the director from, this, from the administration came to church and we gave him Three or five minutes to speak on the platform, and he was so. He said, No church has ever done this. Well, you know what? We went beyond that. The Lord led us to identify, and, Pastor Chinedu, when you were when I was seeing the video on the education and the school backpacks, you know, that's amazing. It's amazing. I feel like sharing this, if it's something you can consider you, as well. So we, we identified, we just talked like this to the church. And then we identified, we just, re, I mean, those who wanted to just give money for scholarship, some of those kids are going to go to college. We raised money for about 12 of them to go to college from the local church. The director of the juvenile prison started coming to our church. Somebody from the juvenile prison after he was released joined our choir, went to college. So you can, there are various strategies you can use in reaching your Jerusalem. And number nine on that is shopping mall. I think I mentioned that last time. I don't know whether you have Westfield. Do you have Westfield here? Do you know that Westfield, if you apply officially to Westfield, they give you permission? It's free. They'll set up the table for you. I'm not preaching now. I'm just giving you information. I'm giving you strategy for reaching your Jerusalem. You know. It's free. We apply every month. they provide a desk for us. They'll decorate the desk for us and provide security for us as well. Once a month. Free. You ask us how many chairs we want. Usually I will ask for three chairs. You're Jerusalem. And we've you can't you can't imagine. Some people will stop by our table. They are Christians. We are so happy you're doing this. You know, we want to support what we are doing. What you're doing, hundred-dollar bill. Oh no, we, we're not we're not raising we're not raising money here. We're just giving Jesus. People, we have tracts in various languages Chinese, English, Spanish. That's all we're doing here. We're not, no, no, so don't worry. No, we believe in what you're doing, please. Digital, you're already doing that. Thanksgiving, this is very important. You have international students, or oh, don't you have international students around you here? They may not be in church, but well, you, have, you have colleges around you with international students. Thanksgiving, many American students have gone home. International students are lonely. Even graduate students, PhD students are lonely. Just offer to host, you know, we're not saying you should do a party in the church for them. You can if you want to, but the strategy we use, we just identify families in the church who are interested in hosting international students for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We usually have more offers than the number of students available. And guess what? Those students continue coming to church and then when they go back to their country, we have ended up sending missionaries to their country. Even our lead pastor has visited some of them in their nation. So, These are some of the mission trips. You're already doing that and um, you're doing that so well. I would... Want to conclude with the following scriptures, Proverbs fourteen verse four. I just want you to know, missions is messy. Just and I know you you know you know it because you are into missions a lot. Missions is very messy. The Bible says in Proverbs fourteen verse four, where there is where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. You know, if you don't want messiness, then you can't be in missions. Mission is mess. You must be ready to do the work. And, but from the strength of an come abundant harvest. Let's say amen to that. And then, I'm going to skip the Zechariah chapter, scripture because we read before. In concluding, John 15. John 15. Verse 16 and 17. verse 17. So you do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And that fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. But I want to read verse 16 of chapter 10. I have othership that are not of this sheep pen. Do you know that? that God has, That's God speaking. Jesus speaking there. He, said, he has other sheep that are not even part of this. He said, I must bring them also. God has other people that are not in church today. They're not, they're not know of, they don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. He said, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You are made for so much more. Say amen to that sir. Both as a church and as an individual. And there's somebody in the house today. God wants you to make a move. I don't know what the move is in your entrepreneurship, in your relationship. But wants you to make a move. Let's stand. Let's rise. As you rise, can you raise up your hand and say this prayer after me? Lord God, I receive your word. I believe what you have said that I am made by you for so much more Lord from this day forward I choose to move in the name of Jesus as you want me to move in every area you want me to move Lord I pray in the name of Jesus that as you have spoken Lord I have decided to stop complaining to stop grumbling but rather to start recognizing appreciating all that you have done and all that you are doing in my life for me and for all in the name of Jesus, open your mouth and talk to God. Open your mouth and talk to God. Open your mouth and, and, and say your prayer in your own words to the Lord. Say your prayer in your own Jesus name we pray in Jesus name we pray Lord I pray for your church Lord I begin with every individual in this church and I pray for this congregation thank you Lord God for the amazing mission walk amazing support amazing promotion of the gospel that is happening through this church in many nations and I thank you for the vision announced and declared by the lead pastor today to double this Father I pray in the name of Jesus the Lord you give the grace and the resources to make that to happen in the name of Jesus the next time the church will be celebrating that you even help them to exceed doubling it in the name of Jesus. Father, I bring before you every, every individual at the sound of my voice in this congregation who has had your word that they are made for so much more. Lord, Whatever and wherever the so much more is about, you know. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will experience this this year in the name of Jesus. That it be for them so much more in the name of Jesus. Before I leave, to go to the airport. I want to pray for you if you're in the audience today. I want all eyes closed and I want no movement at this time. Even with all due respect, the ushers, if you can close your eyes. I um, ask the Lord, I will, what you want me to do at the end of the message. And this is what I'm been led to do. I want to pray for two groups of people. You are here and you see that message on the move. All eyes closed, including mine. All eyes closed, including mine. And You're saying that word is for me. God has been speaking to me about some business move about some relationship move God speaking not your flesh not people but God himself speaking and you say brother Remy Pray for me before you go. I'll be glad to do that. Just raise up your hand. I'm not my eyes are closed. It's only God that is seeing your hand. If you raise it up, raise up your hand wherever you are. Lord, my eyes are closed. I don't know who is raising hands. You know. I pray you honor your word in their lives in Jesus' name thank you Lord in Jesus name put your hands down Those, who put, those of them, uh, second group of people you're here you're probably visiting this church for the first time today or you've been here before or you've been here con- consistently but you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you say Brother Remy, can you pray for me? I will be glad to. I will be glad to pray for you. Just raise your right hand where you are. And I will pray for you. Raise your right hand where you are. I will pray for you. God bless you. Raise your right hand where you are. I will pray for you. Any more? Back only, or behind, or at the back, rather at the back, or just raise up your right hand where you are, and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Father. I thank you for those who raise their hands; their hands are raised up to you. Your word says, "No one who comes to you that will in any way be cast out." I pray you receive them in Jesus' name break the power of sin over their lives in the name of Jesus pray for your church again and everyone connecting with this service whether online or in person that you move them to experience there's so much more you're destined for them and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus name we pray let the church say amen